Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 5. I'm going to try to rush. Yeah, so frown at me if I start chasing rabbits or anything. Let me turn that back on. I believe that helps me a little bit. I have trouble reading. I, I can't. My notes, I make them big enough so I can see them well. But like in the songbook, I yes, have trouble with that. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to talk tonight about a corrupt mind for a few minutes. Bible said there are perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Well, now we've taken that out of context and there's a lot to talk about about in the context, but, but he's talking about people who teach otherwise, otherwise from the truth. That's what he's referring to. They got corrupt minds. People who don't teach the truth, they mix in error and lies with it, false things, their their mind is corrupt. If you don't walk in the truth, believe the truth, speak the truth, it's because your mind is corrupt. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind. See there again. Reprobate concerning the faith. They resist the truth. If you resist the truth, it's because your mind is corrupted. If you find it hard. You know, they say the truth hurts. Well, I don't... I've always wondered about that. Does it really? The truth will make you free. Why would the truth hurt? Unless your mind's corrupted and it... And you're resisting the truth. Well, then it's going to hurt if you're resisting it because the truth don't bend. And the truth don't give. The truth's like a hammer. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. The Bible says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the servant beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Your mind can be corrupted from too much knowledge of the wrong kind of knowledge. Knowledge that's not pure and true. Knowledge of this of the world and things of the world. It'll corrupt your mind and and you'll get away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Your so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. <coughs> One thing, if you stay in it long enough, and as you get older, you'll realize it's all really pretty simple. It's just not complicated. Who was it the other night sang Do Right? You girls sang that song, yeah. It's just pretty simple. It's just pretty simple. So, and I want to read one more verse. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Well, all right, now, I got a few questions to ask. Why does the way people think change? Why do we, you know, Obama said he didn't believe in same-sex marriage, but he had evolved into believing in it. Well, what he meant was he just changed his thinking. What he meant was he compromised. 
How do you know if anything's true if you're always changing? Why would you change? If you what you believe is right, why would you change? Why do people change the way they think? Why does it change? Why is it that, you know, even 20 years ago, this idea of gender fluid, fluidity or whatever they want to call it, nonsense, insanity, it would have been absurd. Yeah. And now it's accepted. Not only tolerated, but accepted. Not only accepted, but promoted, yeah. protected. Yeah. And pretty soon it'll be forced on everybody, just like the sodomites and everything. How do we, how does people's cha uh, way of thinking change like that? Have you ever sat and thought about that a little bit? The first and most important reason that people's thinking and the way they think changes is because of the influence of other people. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. If we were not constantly faced with the unbelief and the rebellion and the wickedness of other people, we wouldn't change our minds about what is right and wrong. You get the truth. You buy the truth. Sell it not. You just don't change. When you find the truth, you don't entertain any ideas of changing. If we only had our Bible and the Spirit of God living in us, we would be much less likely to wander away from the ways of righteousness. But that's not all we got. We listen to the Word. We got an ear to the world. We got an eye to the world. We got a taste for the world. And we, all those avenues are open. And so we're influenced by the world around us and by other people with corrupt minds. What if, you know, while that's true now, it's also true that the devil's still after us. And we will still have these voices speaking to our minds, challenging and contradicting what God has said, even if there isn't somebody else saying it to us. I realize that. We can't just go to an island somewhere. We can't just build a compound and get inside the fence, all of us, and then we'll be all right. Won't ever be tempted again or nothing like it. No, that's not true. But the reason that our thinking evolves and changes is because of the influence of others around us. There's just no doubt about that. There's a process to thought and reasoning. You learn how to think. These little children are learning how to think. It's interesting. When you're young, you don't pay much attention most of the time. I didn't pay that much attention when I was young. I was still learning myself how to think. But I do now. I pay attention to how they're learning and how they're developing in their thinking and reasoning and how they think. The things that get their attention, the way they put things together and the ideas that they come up with. One of them gave me a paper the other night and they drew a bunch of people on it. And, <laughs> and well, it's just plumb, it's real funny to look at that and, and see through a child's eyes the way the world looks to them. When Daniel was little, he would always draw pictures and the nose would be right between the eyes. Instead of down a little bit, it'd be right between your eyes. And I thought, that's kind of strange. But I got thinking about it, and I thought, you know, he's this tall. He's looking up, and that's when you're looking up at people like that, their nose right between their eyes. That's just what he was seeing. So he was drawing what he was seeing. That's the way they're done. And as they learn and watch and observe, 
they start putting more details in and they get more accurate in their depiction with pencils and crayons of what they're seeing. They're thinking. They're learning how to think. And they're learning how things go together. There's a process about learning how to think. You know, little Josie, we just all the time trying to get her to say something. You know, I'm trying to get her to say Papa, and she did it last night. But, but that's a big accomplishment, just to get her to repeat something. Because right now, she's not reasoning and thinking and putting thoughts together. She's just observing and how crazy everybody's acting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll develop, we all develop this, uh, that, that process according to the influences upon us as we grow up. Yeah, it is absolutely true. It's no, you know, children mimic what they see. They repeat what they hear. They interact with others according to the example that is set before them. They do. Well, we could go a long ways right there, but that's just how it is. And you can't deny it. And if you do, you just, I mean, you're mixed up. You don't understand. You're not really paying attention. Start paying attention and you'll realize that I just told you the truth right there. We all develop that process according to the influences as we grow up on us as we grow up. We learn to think from those who are giving us the example. I've watched children, you know, and they do that. You got a, a loud mouth, hateful talking mother or father, that's the way the children are going to be. Uh, melancholy down and out, mother or father, that's the way the children are going to be. You got a happy mother and father, they're going to be happy. They're just, it's just that's the way. Everything reproduces after its kind. We develop a way of thinking, a way of thinking and reasoning. And whenever, while everybody's an individual and they'll have some ways that are peculiar to themselves, a major part of the way we think will be the result of the influence of those around us. And I just know this is so true because I've just watched it and I know I can just think of examples. I can look at anybody, anybody. And I, and I know lots of people now after all these years and not only that but I know their parents and their grandparents and sometimes their great grandparents or their grandchildren and their great grand I mean I can look at all these generations and I knew them all and so I can see just how this works that's how Noah after living 950 years could see in his sons what all of their descendants were going to be like through the history of the world he could tell what was going to happen because he knew them boys. He knew their personality. He knew their strengths. He knew their weaknesses. He knew what they loved. He knew what they didn't love. He knew how they acted, how they lived. And he could tell from that. Because he'd done, after 950 years of watching this story repeat itself over and over and over, you kind of start to get it. Yeah. And we don't live long enough anymore to get very wise. I've always thought, you know, life's upside down and backwards. About the time you begin to understand, you die. But then I read that this morning about he's going to make all things new. So everything you learned, you get to take with you 
and start over again. And it'll work that time. So, it's very obvious that the more we mix in with the world around us and the more contact we have with ungodly people, the more likely we are to be influenced by the way they think. That's very important. I hope you heard what I said there. I'm making a point here that the way we think is influenced greatly by the people who influence us, who we listen to, who we watch, who we are around. God told the children of Israel not to mix with the people of the land. What did He say would happen if they did? They'll steal your hearts. You'll worship their gods. I'll lose you because of their influence. And what happened? Over and over and over. So if we're in danger of our thinking being corrupted, our mind being corrupted from those around us, then the, people, the more we're around this ungodly world, the more likely we are to have our mind corrupted. That's just easy peasy, ain't it? I mean, I mean that's simple to understand. That's kindergarten stuff. That's just exactly how it happens. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's why that you hear all these mixed oaths among people that are supposed to be separated Bible-believing Christians. How many of you know what a mixed oath is? Raise your hand. Come on, cooperate. How many of you know what it is? You don't know what a mixed oath is. Well, it's it's a cuss word or a profane word with just a letter or two changed so that you can say it, but it's not really cussing. But it sounds like cussing. It sounds like profanity, but it's really just one letter off. Can you think of any words that you hear often? How do you think God looks upon that? If we're going to give account for every idle word that we speak, then what's that going to go for you? You know? They're harmful words. Yeah, what it comes out of our mouth. Where does it come from? Out of our heart. So if that comes out, what's really in your heart? I've always thought, you know, you might as well just say it. If you're going to do that, you might as well just say it. It might shock yourself enough to realize what you're doing. Why do you do that? Why, why do people use mixed oaths? Because they hear it. The language changes as we go along. I, you know, Dad down in the hospital here a couple of weeks ago, all the people were real nice and everything, but most of them were young people. And they don't know how to communicate with older people. The language has changed so much that they they say words that they don't even understand. And and they don't articulate and make themselves clear. And then uh, they use a lot of just I don't know if it's slang or just vernacular of the world that don't register with older people because they didn't grow up in that. So our, our mind is influenced by the world around us. By whatever we're around. And we get corrupted without even knowing that we're corrupted. There's, a, there's this process. Now, our process of thought and reasoning is based upon association. We reason by associating things with one another. 
We put things together like we put a puzzle together with our hands. We gather facts and truths, that's called knowledge, and we put them together in order to form opinions in our minds, just like a puzzle that you put together. Did you ever watch little children? Now, grown-ups kind of grow out of this most of the time, but did you ever watch a little child putting a jigsaw puzzle together and they'll get a piece and they try to force it in a certain place? And you have to tell them, it don't go there. But they'll keep on trying to put it there. That's the way people do in their mind with bits of information they get. They make it fit where they want it to fit. Because they don't want to keep trying to make it fit where it belongs because that's too much trouble, takes too long, and I want it now. I want this puzzle done now. And I want to get through this and done with it. And I don't see why it has to go there if I want it to go here. And that's how your mind gets corrupted. You don't want to do it in order. You don't want to do it the right way. You want to do it your way. Because you're in a hurry. And you want it right now. So that's how we do. We associate things together, don't we? We measure things with the things we already know. We compare things and we make them fit together into a view of the whole thing. It's like a puzzle. We get information a little at a time. And we, as it accumulates, it has to fit together. It can't just be a big old pile. Our minds are so created by God, it can't be that way. God's a God of order. He created us in His image and likeness. And we have to make it work somehow. And the only way we can make it work right is to stay with the truth, with the blueprint, the the book of God. I mean, but people don't always want to do that because there's another way. There's a way of the world. And... And I won't get ahead of myself here, but anyway, everything that's presented to our mind is examined and compared to what we already know. And then it's filed in the place where it fits, or it is rejected and thrown away. See, that's a challenge in preaching. I've already said enough for one whole sermon. I've said so much right now that there's no, that you got enough to think on way past Sunday. But most of you haven't got one little, maybe one little bit or two so far. Because you just, it just, it's just like the creek, the water flowing by you in the creek. You just watch it go by. It's gone. There's nothing, you you know. It's just like the fish, like washing the fish. You don't keep your eye on one, he just swims away and there's another. There's another. And and you don't even remember the first fish. I mean, it just, that's how information is that's given to us we leak real bad we don't keep the word of god we let it slip and the bible tells us clearly not to do that so are you listening to me right now if you as you are let me tell you what you're doing that you're doing just like what i said you're listening and you're either catching on to it or you're just letting it slide by you may be thinking about a flat tire you got to fix or, you know, tomorrow. What are you going to do tomorrow? And how, you know, or what we're going to eat when we get home or I got to go by the store. I forgot to, you know, you, that's, you may be thinking about all that kind of stuff. It's easy to let your mind float away, isn't it? We gather facts and truth. 
And we put them together in order to form opinions in our minds. <clears throat> and those who love, who live in this world with no regard for God, they form different ways of thinking to cope with life. That's the counsel of the ungodly. That the Bible says, Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What is counsel? Well, it's telling you how to think. Yeah. Telling you how to put things together. Mm-hmm. Telling you what's right and wrong. And how you ought to deal with situations. Why do Who goes to counseling? Well, husbands and wives who are hating each other and about to divorce, they go to counseling. Mm-hmm. What do they do at the counseling? Well, they're, somebody tries to get them to thinking straight again. Tries to get them back to where they think about they love one another, they said at one time. Right. Quit thinking this hate and quit thinking this uh, uh, yeah, conflict and all of that and frustration. Quit thinking. That's see counseling. Yep. Well, not in the counsel of the ungodly. Because they'll tell you how to deal with life without God. From the time our mind begins to operate and process thought as a small child, we're building our house or our individuality. See, everybody's got this thing of I, I think, I believe, I want, I, you know, what I think, my opinion, my body of belief of what I believe about everything. Everybody's doing that. Well, don't you see how ungodly that is if any man would come after me what has he got to do first deny himself that means self has to be brought down to nothing what's all this about well I don't I just don't see that and I've just never been convicted and I don't believe in him God ain't never said that to me or I'll do what I please I heard that the other day I can do what I want to do. How, how does it come out of a little bitty mouth like that? Well, there's, there's some intelligent being that's telling that child, you can do what you want to do. And in truth, all of what sets us apart from others is the way we think and reason. We're making and shaping our soul into what it's going to be forever. Uh, That's the thing. This process where we learn to think and how we think. It's amazing to me to study that and just watch people and how they think. Yeah. (laughs) You ever do that? You ever wonder? How can you think like that? You know, what in the world? Everybody's got their differences, and I'm not talking about just little old differences and how you do this or how you do that, but man, when it gets to be serious stuff, how can you think like that? I saw a guy the other day, he was uh, interviewing this, I guess it was a woman, looked like a woman, but whatever it was, she was, he, she, it was arguing in favor of gender you know, you can be what you want to be. I mean, you can identify as a woman if you want to identify as a woman. There's nothing wrong with that. And he said, well, what if you wanted to, what if I wanted to identify as a black lesbian? Why can't I do that? 
Well, it's the same thing. Just pretending. This person, he said, how many genders are there? And she said, two. He said, two genders, huh? That's all there is. That's what you believe. And, but it's all right to pretend that you're the other one when you're really not. Mm-hmm. Well, then why can't I just pretend that I'm a black lesbian? Well, she thought that was ridiculous. That was just being absurd. All right, now you see what I'm talking about? <laughs> How can you think like that? What is wrong? Corrupt mind. That's what's wrong. It's like corrupted data. Did you ever get have a computer just get all messed up? I mean, did you ever get that message? <laughs> uh, this drive is corrupted. Yes. Yeah. You're done. Yes. It's a very sad message when you get that. <laughs> well, that means the data is all messed up. This thing ain't going to work no more. You know, it's interesting, the analogy of all that. I mean, I don't know how much everybody understands about all of that, but there's, you know, the way everything's organized in, in, in digital stuff like that. On a computer, for example, there's a table, there's a part of that disk that is uh, like an index that tells the thing where everything's at. And if it gets corrupted, it don't matter what's on that disk, you ain't going to find it. You can't get to it anymore. What about your mind? Where's your table of contents? Where's your index that tells you how to find everything? Well, it's right here. And if this ceases to be your index, your final authority, then you are lost about everything. You don't know what you're doing. And you're as confused as that woman that thinks she, or that man thinks she's a woman, whatever it was. I don't know. You can't tell. I mean, you put enough makeup on, you can't tell. It could be a monkey under all that makeup. Well, it's, I mean, I'm just, I've told her, all these women nowadays, they ought to just sell masks that they put on their face because they all look the same. They paint them all the same. They they just look the same. So, what do they have? A tin plate that you put over your face and you know, everybody's the same. It's it's what causes us to make the choices we make all through life. The way we think, the way we reason. From the way we dress to the kind of friends we have to the person we marry to and every other thing in life that requires a choice, it depends upon entirely upon the way we think. And why do opinions change on basic things? Why? What's all this drifting morally that we've seen? I mean, I've seen in my lifetime. It's unbelievable. I grew up in a totally different world. I'm shocked sometimes when I look at pictures and I'm reminded of how long ago that's been. And how different it was. What happened? What happened? That everything changed in the way people think. Well, it was a community thing. It was a corporal thing. It was a mass brainwashing is what it was. Everybody did it together. 
It was from one generation to the next, the influence. Why do opinions change on basic things? Because there are things that influence our way of thinking, even if it's well established. Man, listen to me. I'm talking about even if your way of thinking is, is well established, there's things that influence us. Our natural affections and affinities will affect our way of thinking. You know, you may have a strong conviction about some sin or some standard of righteousness, but if, if you have a child or other loved one that rejects it, let it fade away, and refuses to live by it, we are prone to reconsider and compromise for their sake. I've watched this all through the years, you know, and I've seen people that so firm in their stand on something, then they had a kid do, you know, turn against them, and then all of a sudden, especially sodomites, you know, that's a biggie. They go soft. They all of a sudden their opinion changes. Not only that sin, but a lot of others. You know, if the children I've watched through the years, these independent Baptists, you know, and their strong standards, and then when their children cast it all off, they do too. Because of their affection for their children. They compromise the truth. So that's how their thinking changes. Now, you know, I've, I've puzzled a lot over people who sit and I preach to them every week. And they agree. And they were glad to be there. Glad they found it. And agree and hear the truth. Now they're doing completely the opposite. Yeah. On big things. Not just... Little things, if you want to call them that. Big things. I say, man, what in the world happened? Well, their, their own affections and affinities, rather than damage a friendship or a relationship or put it at risk, people will change their mind about something that someone else disagrees with. I've watched preachers do it. You know, I remember, I remember the preacher giving a, a book to this other preacher and he read it. And it was a controversial subject. And uh, <laughs> the preacher agreed with what it said, but do you? But he didn't live by. He he agreed privately that it was true, right. and then he went on preaching the contrary. Yeah. Still does. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure does. Now tell me how that is. What do you do? What do you do when you when your mind has been exposed to the truth and you recognize it and you understand it and you see it and you acknowledge that it's true and then you push it aside and keep preaching something that's the opposite of that? Our own lust will cause us to change our opinions on things. What we want. The desire for something will demand to be justified. Justified. You see, not satisfied, justified before it's satisfied. So we got to convince ourselves that it's right. And when we know it's wrong on the start, then there's got to be a process to change our mind and the way we think. Everybody knows adultery is wrong. Then why does everybody keep doing it? How does it happen? Just all of a sudden, bam, this... I just slipped. I, I slipped and I made a mistake. Now that's not how it happens. Never does it happen that way. 
It's a slow process of changing your mind so that you think about it differently. And you finally get to the place after a lot of struggling and lying to yourself, this is the right thing for me to do. That's the way it happens every time. So our lust can influence our thinking. Absolutely. We find our, our mind entertaining an argument in favor of our lust while our conscience condemns us. That's Romans chapter 7. There it is. Mm-hmm. Previously established facts will not, well, they'll have to be reconsidered and put in a different place in our puzzle for the thing to work for us and for our conscience to finally consent to it. You've got to rearrange everything in your mind as you understand it, as you've already put it together. Now this has presented itself, and so you've got to rearrange everything in your puzzle and, and make it fit differently so that you can be right when you do what you know is wrong. The mind must be corrupted before it can be changed. Now to corrupt, let's, let me just real quick, here's what the word means in the dictionary. It means to pine or waste. It means to shrivel or wither. It means to spoil or to ruin by moral influences, to deprave. And then as a verb, it means, uh, uh, this is another way that, well, I, I, just, I know what I did there, but now this is the dictionary as a verb. It means to break. Literally, to break, separate, or dissolve. Now listen what the dictionary says. Hence, to change from a sound to a putrid or uh, putrescent state. To separate the component parts of a body as by a natural process which accompanied by fetid smell. I guess I said that right. Stink. So everybody understands that. (laughs) Thou shalt not suffer... Him to see corruption, thy holy one to see corruption. What does that mean? Well, they said about Lazarus, Lord, it's been four days, by now he stinketh. The same elements and the same influences that keep you alive, as soon as your spirit departs from your body, will take your body apart. And it will stink, and it will dissolve. Well, that's what corrupt mind. That's exactly, it's the same word. That's what it means. That's what it does to our mind. So a corrupt mind is one that has been taken apart, broken. Like the elements take a dead corpse apart by rotting. The influences on that mind have broken down the right ways of thinking. You think you can just watch stuff and listen to stuff of this world and it's not going to mess with your mind? It's not going to affect your mind and your right thinking. It's going to mess your thinking up. It's going to corrupt your thinking. You're not going to be able to think right anymore. When your mind is broken, what's wrong? You can't think right anymore. The result is a corrupt mind whose thoughts and ways of reasoning are unsettling and confusing and usually not pleasant. Look out on the world. Look at the fads. Look at the conversation, the talk of the world, the, 
the interests of the world and the conversations out there. Can you listen to them comfortably and and feel like you understand what they're talking about? I think, man, they're crazy. They're all crazy. Yes. They they're their thinking is upside down and backwards. They don't know good from evil. They call good evil and evil good. And they're not thinking about where all this is leading. Don't anybody in this world ever think about how we got to where we are now? What in the world? Don't they realize that when you, when you undermine and persecute and outlaw all moral right, that there's going to be serious consequences. Why can't they understand? We're living in anarchy almost now. I mean, the cities, look what's happening in this country. And all these mass killings and every day nearly. Somebody is shooting a place up and killing a bunch of people. And they can't figure out why. They just cry the same stupid nonsense every time. We gotta get rid of the guns. If we take everybody's gun away, this wouldn't happen. How in the world can you be that ignorant? How could you think that that would work? And at the same time, those politicians who cry that stuff got their armed guards. I remember one several years ago, he was in the Senate or something. He was trying his best to outlaw the guns. And guess what that joker was doing? Carrying a gun. He had a gun that he carried. But he wanted to take everybody else's guns away. Why? They're evil. They're not so stupid. They're evil. And the people who can't see through it have corrupted minds and can't think either. Anybody that couldn't watch this show and figure out what's going on is, they're not thinking. It's just plain common sense. A 12-year-old boy with common sense could see what's going on. The influence on the mind, on that mind, are other corrupt minds. It's like cancer in the human race. It's like a disease that spreads this moral decline is because of the influence of people on one another. It's like a mob mentality. They join hands together to do evil. The Bible talks about that. It's easier to do wrong when you got somebody helping you, encouraging, doing it with you. To vitiate or deprave, to change from good to bad. That's what corrupt corruption does. So a corrupt mind did not start out that way. Nobody's born with a corrupt mind. It was corrupted by some outside influence. A baby is born with a pure mind. It's blank. He knows not a thing. He has no knowledge. No understanding. Therefore, he has no reasoning. He'll say, that baby's lying to you. Yeah, oh yeah, that baby, they can't talk, don't know any words, don't know anything about where he's at or what is going on. He sits there and reasons and thinks, I'm just going to cry so they'll come and pick me up. What a bunch of nonsense. Never heard such a... It doesn't know one corrupt word. How many of you ever heard a little baby cuss? 
Where, how's he ever going to start that? He's going to hear somebody else do it. He doesn't know one corrupt word or know how to think corrupt thoughts. He don't even know how. He don't even, you know. Every corrupt word is learned from a corrupt sinner. Every corrupt thought is learned from another corrupt mind. The battle is in the mind. First Corinthians 15 says evil communications corrupt good manners. It means to pervert. Corrupt means to pervert, to falsify, to infect with errors. So a corrupt mind has been filled with lies and false information. That computer that's corrupted, what can you do with it? Can you go through there and, and get all that corruption out? No. No. What you got to do? Well, you got to wipe it clean. It's the only cure. Just wipe it clean. Wipe it all out. Did you ever read about the renewing of your mind? So a corrupt mind has been filled with lies and false information so that now... I'm just about done, so y'all hang in there. It's, it's, it's a, so now it's process of thought is based upon things that are not true. So drawing conclusions. You know, she was trying to print from her computer last night, and she was printing to the Canon printer, and it was printing on the Dell printer. I said, I, I can't die. I went in there, and that's what it did. Sure did. Did it twice. <clears throat> that thing's corrupted. I said, turn it off. And turn it back on. And fix the problem. Sits there and runs and runs and runs and it gets corrupted. You got to get rid of the corruption by washing the whole mind. Everybody's scared of AI. You know what AI is? It's a computer. It only, it only thinks about what somebody else tells it to think about. Where day I come from? Human minds. It's not life. And I've read before, artificial intelligence is no uh, challenge, is no match for natural stupidity. And that's right. They're afraid it's going to kill us all. Well, there's, there's some things about it. I think I understand what, you know, some major things about it, but I don't lay awake at night worrying about AI. It's coming to get me. AI is going to wipe the, wipe us off the face of the earth. I'm more worried about all the wicked men and women and devils that are active in this world and have got the high places and got all the weapons and that's what I'm more concerned about. So, when your mind is corrupted, your process of thought is based upon things that are not true. You are crazy. Like Seth's always saying, bat crazy. That's what you are. You're thinking, and it's all a fantasy. And it's half fantasy, and some truth. And then it's, you, you don't know what, you're confused. You're lost. You don't know what to do about anything. You don't know what to expect's coming. So drawing conclusions and forming opinions based upon things that are not true makes for insanity. Then our conduct is going to reflect our perverted thoughts and opinions. 
You're going to start acting on those, on that crazy thinking. Yeah. What do crazy people do? Well, they harm themselves. They harm others. They have no sensibility about them. About good and evil. About right and wrong. How can anybody... Their past feelings, what the Bible talks about. They can do these violent, unspeakable things to other people. And we're going to influence others. We are going to influence others to unsound thoughts as well when we start allowing our mind to be corrupted. A corrupt mind's like a disease that spreads and it's very contagious. Having our mind corrupted changes the way we think. I keep saying that. It's all about changing the conclusions of our reasoning and thought process. That's what it's all about. Bringing you to a different conclusion. God said not to eat of this tree. But after a little talk with the devil, she thought it was a good idea. You see? And it's the same way with everybody else. What happened to her, she got her mind corrupted. She was deceived. A corrupt mind's like a disease. And it's all about changing our opinions and bringing us into agreement with hell and all the evil in this world. That's the, that's the strategy of the devil is to bring us into agreement with Him and this world. In order to accomplish this, the facts must be changed. Thus, all the revisionists of our day do away with history. Yeah. Do it, change. You can't get rid of the Bible, so just change it a little bit at a time. Just keep changing it and changing it and change it and just make so many different versions of it till nobody even knows anymore what, what to think. In order to accomplish this, the facts have to be changed. So by questioning everything until no one can determine anymore what's true and false. All that has to be done uh, to change our way of thinking is to cast doubt upon some truth that we've been established upon. It's all it takes to change our way of thinking. All right, now mind can only be protected from being corrupted in this world full of evil and lies by being established on and in the truths of God. John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That was part of the Lord's prayer for us. Through thy truth, thy word is true. The only way for us to be sanctified or set apart from this world is for our thought process to be established and settled upon the word of God alone. Do you do that? Are you, can you say that that's just exactly how I do? That's how I think. That's how I keep my mind. <clears throat> whatever I hear, whatever I see, whatever anybody says, or whatever anybody believes... I go to right here and I check it with this. And when you read it and study it and for years and years, the Word of God gets in you. You, you. And you don't have to go searching the Bible for a verse to figure out what's going on here. You just, you know the truth. And, and so the counterfeit, the, the lie, just stands out like a sore thumb. Do you do that? Or do you listen to their talk and open your mind to try to understand where they're coming from? How they could think that way. And then it starts making sense to you. 
how they can think that way. Is that what the Sodomites have done? You know, it's all about love. I mean, love can't be wrong if two people just love one another. See, they say that. It's, that's a lie. It ain't got nothing to do with love. They know it. But the people that listen to them, they don't really know it. And they change the focus, see, to so your mind. That's, why, that's what everybody's thinking. That's everybody's justification for it. That's the way it works. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. The Word of God must be our authority and basis for all our thoughts and reasoning. How are you going to have the mind of Christ if your mind is not founded in the Word of God? Anchored to the Word of God. How are you going to have the mind of Christ? All our conclusions and opinions should be the result of comparing what is presented to our mind by the world around us with what the Scripture says. What did Jesus say to the devil when the devil tempted Jesus? It is written. That was, that was our forerunner. That was our example. He showed us how. That's a very basic and important thing right there. When the devil came to Jesus and offered him the world without the cross. Jesus didn't say, well, now tell me more. Explain yourself. Let me see if I can get what you're saying. He said, it is written. He went immediately to the Word of God. The devil tempted him with the Word of God. Yes. The devil quoted the Bible to him mm-hmm. to back his lie. But Jesus, being the very Word of God, having understanding like we're supposed to have of the Word of God, immediately recognized the lie and answered with, it is written. Mm-hmm. When you hear these lies of the world and you hear these absurd opinions and twisted ideas, <clears throat> do you think immediately of the Scripture? that contradicts it? You should. Alright. I want to say this, and then I'm going to quit. What is temptation other than an attempt to corrupt your mind and change your way of thinking? What is temptation if it's not that? That's exactly what it is. Every temptation... is an attempt to change your mind and your way of thinking. That's the essence of temptation. Now listen to me. Two things. The essence of temptation is to change your mind about God and what is right and wrong. That's the essence of temptation. Now the essence of the call of God is to get you to change your mind about God and what is right and wrong. Did you notice? Same thing. But one leads to sin and the other leads to repentance. Mark chapter 4 verse 24 And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. 
In Luke 8, 13, or 8, 18, I'm sorry, he said, take heed therefore how you hear. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear, because the devil's working on you from both angles. Guard the gates of your mind, lest it be corrupted. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Proverbs 16, 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Telling you the truth tonight. One more verse. Deuteronomy 4, verse 9. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Don't forget what you've seen. Don't forget what you've heard in the right way. Teach them to your sons and teach them to your sons' sons, your grandchildren. Make sure they understand. Make sure they don't get corrupted in their mind by this world. You ever wondered about yourself? Is your mind corrupted? Do I think right? Or do I think crazy? Am I wrong about things? You gotta be honest to do that. And most people are just flat not honest with themselves. They're too proud to look too deep. Cause they find something they gotta fix in their thinking, the way they think. That'll affect the way they act. And the things they do. And the places they go. And the people they associate with. <clears throat> if you love God, you'll seek God with all your heart. And you'll love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is our mind, and very important. Don't want to corrupt mind. And and the devil is out to do it. And this world around us is out to do that to us. They're out to do it to our children. That's why, you know, I say stuff against some things once in a while. And that's why that. All the preachers ought to be preaching against the things of the world that are influencing the children. You don't see no harm in it. But if you knew what it, the seeds it was planting in their minds, you would. You'd say, no, 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 no. Can't have that. Yeah, amen. I'll quit. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for this truth we've looked at tonight. Help us, O Lord, with this matter. Help us to keep a pure mind, a mind that's clean, the mind of Christ, uh, a renewed mind, a mind that's pure, ready to uh, serve You through the truth and knowledge of Thee. Please give the understanding. I've said so much, and I know it's, it's Wednesday night, and everybody's tired, and it's hard to swallow all this, but please... Holy Spirit of God, I pray it would remain and not be taken away as we leave here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fight the fight. Don't don't give up. Don't be lazy. Don't let the devil mess you up. Stand. Amen.